good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Back with you and our number two. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Hope you comment. We got comments here uh, from hour one. We had a lot kind of going on and the whole Tennessee athletics director thing, big statement. They mad. They mad. Everybody's guilty. If we're guilty, <laughs> basically what he said. More on that in a bit. Got comments on that on the Murray West live thread. Text coming in, the country pleasing text line. All of that. And we'll take your phone calls, too. I get to hear your voice. Hope to call, you, call me on the Divini Equipment phone line. I'll give you those numbers uh, coming up. A reminder here of something you need to know. If you're like me and you're dependent, kind of, well, I mean, we are dependent, all right, on good, strong, reliable, fast Internet service. I'm going to help you get some free, the best, in fact. You can get C Spire Fiber Home Internet. C Spire Fiber Home Internet Service. In the ground, right up through your neighborhood, to your house. If it's there available to you and you don't have it yet, you can get it and get your first two months of service free just by using my name. So, like, go to cspire.com, sign up right there, get uh, check it out, make sure it's in your neighborhood. And if it is, you can get it. Use my name, use code Wyatt, all caps, W-Y-A-T-T. Use code Wyatt at checkout. Get your first two months of C Spire Fiber Home Internet Service scot-free. Save yourself some money. All right, headlines brought to you by Bank of England Mortgage and Went McGee, the mortgage man, coming up in just a bit. First, hold on, let me get my bell. Hold on. I can figure out how to work it. <laughs> hey, B. Doggone, I missed him again. Hold on, let's try with that. Hold on. God, that's too loud, isn't it? Did I hurt your ears? I'm sorry, y'all. Well, I'm 0 for 2 today. <laughs> hey, maybe what I ought to do is we'll just hit the music and we'll announce the headlines that way. Headlines! <laughs> That's what we'll do. We'll pivot. Like a good basketball player, I'll pivot. Headlines brought to you by Bank of England Mortgage and Wimp McGee, the Mortgage Man. Head on over to MortgageManMS.com. Bank of England Mortgage. Location in Ridgeland, you've known about that. They have new locations in Starkville, Oxford, and in Tupelo. And they've got a program right now for first-time home buyers. They have allocated up to $1.5 million for a special grant for first-time home buyers at Bank of England. As a borrower, you can get anywhere from $8,500 cash to $20,000 towards the purchase of a home. And the program is over when the money runs out. You need to take advantage of it. And there's no repayment as long as you don't sell the house within five years. They're helping you. They are helping you. Bank of England, your one-stop shop with every very, very, very competitive rates and every form of financing benefits you could possibly look for and the kind of people you want to do business with. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Went. Thanks for the hat, by the way. 
It fits just perfect. It doesn't leave a red mark on my forehead, you know? I don't, you know, when I, this hat, this Bank of England hat that Went gave me, when I take it off, I don't have Peyton Manning forehead. Too bad. <laughs> All right, headlines today. Uh, first up, a man has pled guilty in the Alabama baseball betting case that goes back to last April. The guy who was in the casino, Mr. Neff, the youth baseball coach who tried to place this bet after he got a tip from the baseball coach at Alabama. Illegal, by the way. Uh, four or five different charges, like uh, you know, hindering a federal investigation, lying to the FBI, all kinds of stuff. But he's pled, pled guilty. And then the NCAA handed down a 15-year show cause, five-year suspension if he's ever hired again. So Coach Bohannon is not going to be coaching college baseball. Um, a judge has dismissed a former Ole Miss football player's lawsuit against Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss defensive tackle DeSanto Rollins, his lawsuit against Coach Kiffin in the university was dismissed by Judge Michael P. Wills in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Mississippi. And that goes back to the whole deal. You remember, you know, he didn't show up, and, and then he recorded his conversation with the coach, and Coach Kiffin, he used some colorful language, and he told him, hey, you, you can't ignore me. You're off the team. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't care how, you know, if you're having mental problems, fine, but if I call you, you got to come talk to me. And Anybody who listened to that thought, you know, Kiffin's right. Like, any football coach is going to take the same approach. You can't just ignore me. You can't just not show up, no matter what it is. And so the, the judge has thrown the case out. It's over. And then the other headline, okay, uh, that we mentioned, an update on the Tennessee investigation case. Headlines on the show brought to you by Bank of England Mortgage and Wimp McGee. The Mortgage Man. Check them out at mortgagemans.com. Tennessee Athletics Director Danny White puts out a statement today. It is, it's, it's, it's pretty good size. And I read all of it a minute ago. We can kind of get back into it here in a second. I've got, I got to come to your, your comments uh, and your text messages. And I'll give you the numbers too if you want to text or call. If, uh, so just hang on. But to me, like the biggest thing, like the point of it, and then I'll give you a quote from his statement. The point of it was he's saying, look, they investigated all of our coaches and stuff, and they didn't find anything, but they had already made their mind up that we we're out here buying players. So they moved the goalposts and now say that we're beholden to the old booster bylaws that were pre-NIL. And then he said this, if that's the case – then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. See, and here's a little ticky-tack thing, and I, this is not me trying to play gotcha at all. Okay, I, I don't have time for that. I'm just saying it's pretty obvious to me. Like Basically what the Tennessee Athletics Director is saying here is, okay, if you're using – the old, in his words, the old booster bylaws, now for collectives, okay, then we're guilty. If that's what you're doing, hey, NCAA, hey, NCAA, 
you wrote some recent NIL stuff. We didn't write it. You did. But now you're just going to use the old booster bylaws for, for this collective thing? Then if that's what you're doing, we're guilty. Okay, that's what he said. Because he said, if that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. In other words, if that's what you're doing, the old booster bylaws, we're guilty, but so is everybody else. <laughs> and that's troublesome, really, though. Like, if they're after you, that's kind of – I know you want to fight it out in the court of law, and now the state of Tennessee suing the NCAA. What do they do? They uh, suspend the whole thing, thing and just kind of hold it up. But it's kind of troublesome if you're admitting, okay, if that's what you're using, yeah, we're guilty, but so is everybody else. I don't know that that's necessarily the best defense. Even though, to his credit, <laughs> to Danny White's credit – it's 100% truth. All right, so what do you think about that? It's all about NIL. It's all about collectives. And y'all, listen. <laughs> okay, and that'll wrap it up, at least for restating the headlines. Three big headlines, and boy, they're big ones. A case dismissed against Kiffin. A coach gets a 15-year show cause, and a man's going to jail for a maximum of 10 years and a maximum of $250,000 fine dealing with gambling in Alabama. And the NCAA is after the University of Tennessee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as I introduce to you today on the show for the first day, our headlines brought to you by Bank of England Mortgage and Went McGee, the mortgage man. Man, we had some big headlines <laughs> today. I don't know that we'll have many days where we'll have three headlines bigger than those three that don't involve us uh, directly. But there you go. So let me know what you think. You can text me on the country pleasing text line, number to text, 885-3776, 601 number, 885-3776, or 885-ESPN. You could call me. I get to hear your voice that way. I'd love to hear your voice. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 897-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 897-1059. Uh, principal text the show. <laughs> Good point. He said, uh, you shouldn't say the first two months of C Spire Fiber is scot-free. It's Wyatt-free. <laughs> Good point, principal. I want to remember that. You, you may have a knack at this uh, Marketing and, and PR and advertising. They maybe need to be a writer. Principal, that would help. Yeah, it's not scot-free. It's Wyatt-free. Use code Wyatt at checkout, cspire.com. Get your first two months of Cspire Fiber Home Internet free. Use my name. Uh, Brad, he texts me, country-pleasing text line. He said, Went is a good friend of mine and has handled my mortgages for years. Great guy and good to do business with. He is. He's all those things, and he's a heck of a soccer player, Brad. Did you know that? I mean, even at this age, I'm not saying Wentz old, okay, but I'm just saying even at this age, he's still pretty good. <laughs> Ask him. <laughs> and I'm really, really glad to get to know him, and glad to you know tell you about it. They have some some stuff that, especially for first time home buyers right now, some really cool stuff. 
Brad, okay. He said, yeah, he did know that Went uh, is a good soccer player, and Brad has 12 years on him. Well, so he may be a step faster, Brad, but you, you got the experience, right? So doesn't that, that balances out, right? <laughs> experience versus speed. <laughs> good stuff. All right, so let me, let me give you something about this statement. Chuck commented on it, <laughs> talking about the Tennessee deal. and He said here on YouTube on the Murray West live thread, the NCAA not following its own rules, I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. Yeah. Here's the issue. All right, um, I'm going to frame it up for you. I'm not going to preach or get all emotional about it. I, I have sometimes we get into these you know, policy discussions as it relates to college athletics. And I guess, you know, maybe there's a good reason. I'm not in a position to affect any of it. I can just talk about it, judge it from the outside, you know, criticize it. But um, I've never really bought the idea that the primary issue with the whole setup right now was the portal and the open transfer stuff. I've never quite bought into the idea that that is the primary issue above and more so than just flat out pay for play at, in the words of, I, I realize I'm putting, maybe putting some words in his mouth, but it's kind of what he's saying which 100% of the schools out there are involved in, 100% of major programs. I mean, it's and because they refer to it as NIL because that's the legal term. That ain't what it is. It's pay, you're, you're paying them to play. You're paying them to stay, and you must. you got to pay them to get them to come visit. All right? The outgoing Ohio State athletics director said it. And let me tell you, if you think it's a coincidence, that the major players in college football, coaches and administrators, that have, have freely criticized the lack of leadership and the lack of structure, that they are the same ones who have now quit. <laughs> if you don't think that's related, then you got another thing coming. Gene, whatever his name, Gene Smith? was the AD at Ohio State, what was it he said about three months ago? We got kids telling us we got to pay them $5,000 just to get them to come visit us. Said it. And there was no huge outrage. It was just a story, right? Because we all understand. Guess what? He ain't there no more. You can say it had nothing to do with it. Really? Nothing? Look who's there. Who'd Ohio State go and get for its AD spot? Ross Bjork, who even long before anybody had ever even heard the term name, image, and likeness, was fine with paying them whatever it took to get them at Ole Miss and then again at A&M. <laughs> and, it, I, you know, what it netted them, I don't know. It actually netted them more there for a period of time at Ole Miss than it ever netted them at A&M. But it's pretty clear. He's willing to run a program, pay them whatever you got to pay them. Load the wagon. Well, see, you got Gene Smith up there going. He's a little old-fashioned. Back end of his career, he goes, it ain't really right, guys. 
We got we got recruits telling us we owe them five thousand dollars just to come and visit us. So he said it in an interview. Saban. What Saban say? Quote him. Call it name, image, and likeness, but we really know what it is. It's really pay for play. Guess what? Quit. Done with it. See ya. Gone. <laughs> Ain't coming back. Ain't dealing with it. Harbaugh. See ya. Gone. Not coming back. Not going to deal with it. And then this. Here was a headline in the Bank of England mortgage and Went McGee headlines. I didn't squeeze in there. It would have been a fourth one. But the Green Bay Packers have hired Boston College head football coach Jeff Halfley as their new defensive coordinator. I tried my best to make a clever little thing. I said, so he's leaving B.C. to be a D.C.? Look, doing the best I can, okay? But here's the thing. you got a sitting head coach running a program in college who's just tickled. In a, I'm talking about in a Power 5 conference, right? Boston College. And I know we're not. it's not Miami, it's not Michigan, it's not Alabama. But still, you're the head coach, the sitting head coach. If you just – if you're a head coach at this level and you just, quote, unquote, play ball and you have some success, you're going to parlay that into what? He'll be the next coach at Michigan State. Florida State, you know, North Carolina, somewhere like that, making what, eight, nine million dollars a year? Just grit your teeth, grin and bear it, deal with it, and play ball. But instead, here's another example of a see ya guy going, see ya, ain't dealing with this. Life's too short to deal with this. <laughs> And is, I'm going to go coach defense in the NFL. Guys that have a contract, we know what the contract terms are. We know which ones are going to be here one year. We know which ones are going to be here at least four years. Right? Who we're just going to focus on football together. And and I don't – in the NFL as a defensive coordinator, I, just, I do X's and O's and tackling and making plays. What I got into this to do in the first place. I don't have to worry about roster management. Or roster acquisition. I don't in the NFL. I don't have to renegotiate with every one of my players every offseason and sometimes twice a year. So he's gone. And in response to that, it, it's you know, it's gotten to the point where you know you don't have to take my word for it, but it's gotten to the point where. I'm about to quote you a tweet or a post on X from none other than Kirk Herbstreet. And then I'm going to give you another one from Booger McFarlane. See, here's – this is very critical. Y'all have seen the trend. It was little guys like me who started just calling it what it was first. Because we didn't have, we're not a part of the big box people with a, with a, you know, multi-million dollar paycheck that we're all dependent on at home. And I don't want to screw that up. And I got a boss telling me, hey, you shut up about that. You don't talk about that. See, I don't have that. Okay, so the little guy like me, we were the first ones out here just calling it what it was publicly. 
from really the word go, even though some people didn't like it. Now it's gotten to the point that even the even the big boxes, the Herb Streets, the Booger McFarlands, that sometimes it's almost like they're hooked up to a Nintendo controller back there that you can't see. Now even they're calling it what it is. You, you can't lie about it anymore. So here's an example. Put the story out there. You know, people, Thamel and people like that are tweeting about it. Some other media guy says, well, the NFL is the NFL. As in, he left being the Boston College head coach to go to the NFL just because being a defensive coordinator in the NFL is that big of a draw versus being the head coach in a Power Five. Well, Kirk Herbstreet directly disagreed with that publicly on X yesterday afternoon. Here's what Herbstreet said. No, he says. College football in its current state will be seeing more and more coaches heading to the NFL. Without boundaries and regulation that makes sense, coaches that get real opportunities in the NFL will be gone. This trend will continue until there's a new governing body and it creates a a collective bargaining agreement with players or a union that would include issues like NIL, transfer portal, and eventually revenue sharing. The sport is spiraling out of control as we know, and many of these coaches are not sticking around and waiting. Just a new reality for the sport. Congratulations to your state governments. Congratulations to your governing bodies. You made your bed. Now lay in it. Roll around. Get real comfortable. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Maybe so, Chuck. I don't know. On the Murray West live thread, Chuck said Saban was just upset because everyone was going to be able to do what his booster has been doing for years. Well, (laughs) yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But, you know, Chuck, that's the thing. Like, the, the the NIL is what opened it all up. You could go, well, transfer portal's a major, major issue, but I don't think so. And maybe it's a chicken or the egg type of deal, which one came first. But it's like you could even have kind of free and loose, you know, transfer rules, eligibility rules and transfer rules, and it, it still wouldn't be as big a mess if you just couldn't. If it wasn't a situation where you could just outright just pay anybody you want to pay, pay to come play for you. And that's what the transfer portal largely is governed by, is the top players. I mean, just getting offers and they can call it NIL, but, you know, it's really pay for play. And everybody kind of knows that. Coaches know that. Um, I mean, you know, it is. And, it, you know, in terms of uh, establishing – boundaries and rules and all that everybody has to play by. That's the thing about it, Chuck, is, you know, whether or not someone believes that the old way was better or worse, that pretty much anybody would agree that there were rules in place and you felt like 
Yet, in varying degrees, and you always wondered why some programs got away with things and others didn't. I get all that. But at least there was the threat <laughs> that if you fouled it up, did something stupid enough, and it popped up in a newspaper or reported by media, then the NCAA would come in there and then use that information and act. And you at least had to play with the idea that they might be able to get you <laughs> and that there was enforcement looming out there. And it's like the NCAA as a body is trying to, I don't know, continue to do some of that stuff so as to make a showing. But I, I don't know that it's really worth their time. Because they don't have subpoena power because they're not a government agency. They are a membership organization. That's what they are. And when your own members are suing you, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> What's the point of going to work every day if your own members are going to sue you for trying to enforce the rules they told you to put in place? It's kind of weird how all that works. So what are the solutions? You know, and I will say that I'm as guilty as anybody. I admit it. I'm as guilty as anybody at here in recent months and stuff focusing on the problems without necessarily offering up some substantial solution. Okay. And tell me this, why wouldn't something like this right here be a better idea? I think there should be you know, some sort of fund that is available to a student athlete in a revenue-generating sport that is available to them upon graduation. It's like, you know, that's what they ought to do. That's really what they should do. I would love to hear the objections as to why they couldn't do this. Now, Again, it goes back to competitiveness, and with the law sort of allowing schools to do this, and that is what they're doing now, which is just open it up. We don't have to play by any rules. Well, then it puts the Big Ten and the SEC in this hyper-competitive mode, right? Those are the two major entities in football, certainly, but really in basketball, too, in the revenue sports. And so neither one is willing to be the first to go, we're going to put a cap we're going to put a structure and a framework that is actually going to tighten down and tamp down some of the, the outlandish spending that we're doing. Nobody wants to be the first to do it. They would have to do it in conjunction. And, you know, who knows if they will? Because there's this competitiveness of always wanting to have the edge. For the greater good, what you need is all Power Five to sit down and go, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And then everybody agree on it. People think it's a long shot. I don't think it is. Here's what they ought to do. All across the board. You must tie it to education. You can't get away from that. I don't see how the universities at the major college level can get away from tying everything they do to the education. They are institutions of higher learning. They are in the business of education. If you're not in the business of education, you can't charge tuition to engineering students. 
and education students and marketing and business, okay, you know, who are in finance. I mean, are you in the business of education or not? Well, obviously you are, okay, because in-state tuition, here's what it costs. Here's what your meals cost in our cafeteria. Here's what your parking pass costs on our campus. Your tuition, you're paid, therefore you get to attend this class. And when you're done, you get marks. <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> you get grades, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You make it, you have your GPA. And when you're done, you get your diploma that shows you're educated in this field and you are ready to hit the working world. It's the keys to the rest of your life, so on and so forth. You decide you want to use it or not. It's up to you. You want to get some more education? Come on back. Master's degree, you got to pay to get that. Doctorate? Yep. Fork it out. Right? You're in the business of education. So if these teams are on campus, they are fielded, you know, and, and operated by students, right, who are also on campus going to class, you are paying for their tuition out of state, in state, via scholarships. It's all tied to your school. They wear a uniform with your university's name on it. They play in a league with other teams from what? Universities. It all has to be tied to education. You can't eliminate that part of it. And just like I've said in the past, the people that will look you in the eye in the past and go, ah, well, the education isn't worth anything. Uh, the scholarship isn't worth a dime. That's just a number they put on. Uh, well, you can't say that because the, all 20,000 of their other students are writing a check, sending it into the university every every semester. I mean, of course it's worth something because if they weren't playing football, they'd have to write a check to go to those classes and get that degree, just like everybody else does. There's value in it. Obviously, you know, supply and demand because everybody's writing a check that can't run a 4-4 and isn't 300 pounds and can't kick it through the uprights and can't hit a jump shot. They go to school. For all the advantages that come along with that, you must continue to tie to education. That can't go away, right? Right. So here it is. Everybody at the major college level who can fund it because they make lots of money off football and basketball. Student athletes playing in a revenue-generating sport, they are getting units just like the NCAA has set up this structure, sending units of money back to these leagues for their teams playing in the NCAA tournament. We learned last week that that's a real thing. I think the number was $300,000. So if Mississippi State men's basketball team plays one game in the NCAA men's basketball tournament, the SEC gets a kickback of $300,000 from the NCAA. If they play in two games, another 300000 If another SEC team plays one game, 300000 right? All this money, those, are, those units that Coach Yo at Ole Miss was talking about, the NCAA is giving units back to these leagues for every game they play in. Same exact structure. Just do it individually for every student-athlete in a revenue-generating sport. Your, your public institutions... I know private can be a little different, but still there would be a way to work it out. But your public institutions can put the numbers right on out there. <laughs> here's what we spent. Here's what we made. 
There's a revenue right there. Here's a percentage each one gets for every game they participate in. Now, you go, you could put your heads together and go, too, well, you know, what about the guy who was a backup and he played the week before in a game on TV, but this week he didn't get any game? They didn't sub him in there. How does all that work? See, you'd have to protect the coaches from playing times, you know, the whole units thing. But just set a framework, sit down, set it up, and call it units. And if you participate on the field in a uniform for a university, that is ever how many units that goes into your account that will be available to you when you graduate. Yeah, I said graduate. From college. Tell me how that doesn't make sense. The NCAA, the governing body in the past, has already put you know, statutes and limitations out there about transfers and how the academic stuff transfers from one school to the next. You could do the same thing. Well, Matt, what about you know the whole Title IX and equality and equity and all this kind of stuff? for women's sports or for teams that don't make money. Well, too bad. You can't revenue share with somebody when you don't have revenue. It's real simple. If you, I mean, you can't make money if you don't make money. And if you do, you do. And put the numbers out there. And tie it to education. Prove to me that you're in the business of education for the athletes the same way that you are with every other student. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Man Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Back with you, I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Reminding you also, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. You can get C Spire Fiber Home Internet and get your first two months of service free. Not Scott free, Wyatt free. By using code Wyatt at checkout. Use my last name, W-Y-A-T-T. Just like Wyatt Earp, same way. All caps on the website. Go to cspire.com. Use code Wyatt at checkout and get your first two months of Cspire Fiber Home Internet free on me. Gene said on Facebook, he's on the Murray West live thread. He said, well said, Matt. I'm sure Coach Leach is up there nodding in agreement. Well, you know what, Gene? Yeah, that was one thing that uh, Coach Leach liked the idea of for guys that want to get a degree that – you know, they got money waiting on them when they graduate. I mean, it's a fantastic, I think, healthy setup, too. Because, I mean, you talk about not only you've gotten a scholarship, you've gotten a coaching, maybe you don't make it in the NFL, and boom, you got your degree, okay, because they've encouraged you and tied it to education. You hit the working world, and you start out with, you know, money in the bank. <laughs> and, and it sounds about right, too, right? Because, you know, if you're playing football in a revenue sport, you're just not going to have time to work enough jobs or work a job or whatever to save that kind of money throughout your college career. And, yeah, I mean, I, 
I think it'd be great. But the other thing that Coach Leach talked about was his his idea was even really more. What would you say? Uh, revolutionary. He said you would also have some guys that don't want to get a degree. He said, okay, well, if you have some players on your team that they don't want to go to school and they don't want to get a degree, if you want to do that, sign them to a contract. You can pay them. They can play for you, try to make it to the NFL, but the deal is they got a contract, so, you know, we're going to have terms in that contract too. We can cut you just like they do in the NFL at a certain time. We can release you to go be a free agent, just like they do in the NFL at times. You don't want to be a student. But if you want to be a student, we'll do it this way. I mean, it really does make a lot of sense, and it absolutely could be done. And uh, for public universities, make it public where the revenue is and what the percentages are, and everybody share in that. And, and then there would even, I think, then you're talking about incentives for the fan base to Instead of just making a donation, there's incentive for the fan base to really support by buying the tickets because ticket sales is part of the revenue. Jersey sales and hat sales and all that, you know, maybe so too. Concessions, it's all part of the revenue. But you feel like you're in it together, um, and it would make a lot of sense. I I 100% believe that it's doable. I'm not going to sit here and just refuse the idea that the SEC and the Big Ten could get together, they could. They could get together on it. There's no question about it. And the only way, I feel safe in saying this, the only way that it's going to survive, make it, and be healthy long-term is if, as universities, it's all tied to the university Therefore, it's tied to education. If you completely unhitch it from education and it's supposedly ambiguously still tied to a university, it ain't going to work. Trust me. Y'all want answers? Just call me. (laughs) Uh, Details forthcoming. Yeah, Denzel, thanks for sending this along. Um, Sad news today in the college baseball world. Rest in peace to one of the greats in, on the text line here from White Denzel. Mike Martin, uh, the longtime Florida State, legendary Florida State baseball coach, uh, passed away today. And let's see. So he would have been, what was he, 80 years old? Passed away. He was 80 years old. So Mike Martin, a lot of folks remember him fondly. Great personality, great coach, had great teams over the years. And everybody's teams around here, you know, uh, played them and hosted them and went and played them in Tallahassee at some point, and everybody's had an interaction. So y'all lift up uh, the family and friends of Mike Martin in your prayers and, and uh, for the Florida State baseball program as well. I know he's not the coach now. He recently retired, but – I'd seen the news, Denzel, in the last oh several weeks that uh, you know that he was in hospice, and so we get that news today. Thanks for giving me a heads up on that. Hey, here's a heads up from earlier in the show that I um, I want to repeat. Beaver did the legwork. He found it, sent it to me. You know how yesterday we kept talking about this new quarterback at Tennessee. He was phenomenal in the bowl game, but you couldn't pronounce his name. 
I, I called it all kinds of things yesterday. It is spelled, his first name is Nico, and it's spelled I-A-M-A-L-E-A-V-A. Okay, the, the, correct, <laughs> the correct pronunciation, easy for me to say, the correct pronunciation, save that one for the soundboard, is uh, Ia Malayava. Did I get it? Ia Malayava. Ia Malayava. Nico Ia Malayava. Say it with me. Nico Ia Malayava. Don't try to read it. Just memorize it. Because if you try to read it, it's going to mess it up. The reason I know is Beaver sent me the sound clip of, from a news story of Nico Iamaliava pronouncing it himself. Here it is. I'm Nico Iamaliava, and uh, the, the correct way to pronounce my last name is uh, Iamaliava. Iamaliava. Got it. Hat tip, my man Beaver. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I would have absolutely continued to foul that thing up. All right. Uh, on this day, February the 1st, 1968, Vince Lombardi resigned as the coach of the Green Bay Packers. On this day in 1992, Barry Bonds signed the highest single-season contract at the time, for $4.7 million for one year. That was in 92. Uh, on this day in 2015, Tom Brady set a Super Bowl record with 37 completions, and he also increased his career Super Bowl touchdown passes to 13, and that set a new record. That was on this day in 2015. In the TV world on this day, this day, 1992, all the way back in, I'm sorry, 82. On this day in 82, February 1st, 82. Late Night with David Letterman premiered. First one. From New York, the greatest city in the world. It's The Late Show with David Letterman. Yeah, so on this day in 82, it premiered. Uh, on this day in 2002, he had his 20th anniversary show. And since I was a Letterman fan, and every time I bring it up on the show, y'all love it. Here's my favorite ever all-time top ten list on the David Letterman Late Night with David Letterman when he had Kirby Puckett do the top ten. Here it is. Tonight's top ten list. Do me a favor. Please welcome Kirby Puckett. Kirby, come on out. Category tonight, top ten ways to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Top 10 ways now to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. Here we go. Number 10. Kirby Pickett. <laughs> Number 9. Creepy Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Number 8. Bernie Crumpet. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Number 7. Turkey Bucket. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number 6. Buddy Hackett. <laughs> All right. Uh, now back to uh, top ten ways to mispronounce Kirby Puckett. Number five. The Puckett formerly known as Kirby. Yeah. 
Number four, Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, Ken Herbeck. Yeah. yeah. Almost there. Almost there. Number two, there once was a man from Nantucket who curbed his own pucket. Kirby uh, <laughs> is very own pucket. Kirby And the number one way to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett, Ingle Puck Kirby Dink. <laughs> that's my all-time favorite. And there's some good ones out there, but that's my all-time favorite. So it all kind of happened on February the 1st for Late Night with David Letterman. Made his debut in 82. Of course, had the reunions, 20. I don't know, did he make it to 30? I didn't look that one up. I don't know. That's it. Man, what a two hours. You talk about cram full of stuff. Hey, and when y'all see Went McGee walking around out there, pat him on the back and say, hey, I heard you on Matt's show. Welcome to Wint McGee, the mortgage man, the Bank of England Mortgage Company here in Mississippi. New locations in Starkville, Oxford, and Tupelo, as well as Ridgeland. Visit him online, mortgagemans.com, and I'll see y'all tomorrow.